words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord our God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So today I'm continuing this series of sermons entitled Fulfilled, Living a Fulfilled Life. Over the last couple of weeks we've talked about the importance of gratitude when it comes to living a fulfilled life and how, how it is that we as Christians have reason to be grateful no matter what the circumstances of life. Last week I ended by giving a challenge, really more of an assignment, I guess. I asked you to do two simple things. One of those was to take a few minutes each day to think about one person in your life who's, who's really blessed you along your journey, and then to offer a prayer of thanksgiving for that person. The second was to spend a couple of minutes each day and to think about the ways that God has blessed you and things that God has done for you and what those things mean to your life and then to give thanks to God for that. Now I know that a number of you did this and I want to thank those of you who sent me emails. I appreciate your kind words. The practice itself was one that requires some mindfulness. Some mindfulness. Mindfulness has to do with us setting aside distractions of life, the busyness of life, in order to be able to attend to a moment, to be present in a moment and to focus on what is most important to us in that moment. Now, mindfulness is pretty popular these days, this idea of being mindful. I googled mindfulness and 166 million entries popped up. I did not read them all. But in many ways, this idea of mindfulness kind of sounds like today's pop psychology, and it might very well be that, depending upon how we utilize this. But when I, when I googled mindfulness memes, thousands popped up. That's one of them I want to show you that I particularly like. So you want to show the first slide up there? I just kind of like that one. I thought it was pretty good. Okay. But my favorite one is this next one right here. I have a dog. We have a dog. She's a good dog. Her name is Luna. She's good with the kids. She's good with the grandkids. She is a healer, a cattle dog. So she loves to be outside. She loves to run. She loves to take long walks. And sometimes when I take her on a walk, my mind is like the cartoon there. It is just full of stuff. I might be thinking about the stuff of work. I might be thinking about the stuff I've got to get done at home or things I need to do with the kids. But my mind can be just full of stuff. Meanwhile, I'm walking Luna and she's just doing what dogs do, right? Sniffing and looking around and sniffing some more and just being a dog. When I get finished with the walk, you know, Luna was kind of present in that moment and was aware of what was going on around her at all times. But I get down to the walk and I'm not so certain I can even remember everything that was going on around me. I was that preoccupied in the moment. Now, a cartoon like this makes us wonder, is being more mindful a good thing? You can pull that slide down now. But is that a good thing for us? Is it something that's 
helpful to our lives? Can it make a difference or a positive impact upon our lives? Learning to be a little bit more mindful, attentive, present in moments. In order to, to begin to get at this idea, it's important for us to remember that God asks us to be mindful. It's one of the Ten Commandments. When God says, keep the Sabbath holy. Sabbath keeping has to do with setting aside distractions, setting aside busyness in order to be present to God, to be present to one another so that we can focus on what's most important in life. This is the stuff of keeping the Sabbath holy, setting aside all the distractions, being present to God, being present to one another, focusing on what is most important in our lives. Mindfulness. It's something God asks of us. And God asks us for good reason. St. Paul in Romans chapter 12 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which means a lot of things, including what you fill your mind with is what you become. And when we fill our mind with the things of God, when we fill our mind with the blessings of each other, a transformation takes place in our lives. Mindfulness. Now recently, medical science neuroscientists have been able to give us a language to describe what Paul was talking about 2,000 years ago. Now, I grew up in a world that, that believed that you cannot teach an old dog what? Okay, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. That there comes some point in time in your life where your neural pathways have gotten so hardened by life so hard and crusty that they simply can no longer change. But the Bible tells us over and over again that it's never too late to change. That change is always something possible by the grace of God. It's always possible. And while a person who is hard and crusty may choose to remain hard and crusty, it's also possible for a person who is hard and crusty to become soft and loving because... It's never too late to change. God can work on us. And God has created our brains in ways where they can be changed. Neuroscientists are telling us now that when we are mindful of new things in our lives, that new neural pathways are formed. And when we are no longer mindful of older practices and older ways of thinking, old neural pathways begin to fade away. This is called neuroplasticity. It's a long word. I don't know what it all means, but, but the research on this is fascinating. One of the studies that I heard comes from Harvard Medical School where some neuroscientists gathered two groups of people. One of the groups of people they asked to simply do a piano exercise every day for a week. So you can envision that, you know, somebody doing some piano playing exercise one day, every day for a week. After they had done that for a week, 
There was a study done of their brains and they learned that the area of the brain that is in control of finger movements had changed during that week. Then they asked the other, right, same time actually, they asked the other group of people to imagine doing piano exercises every day. I mean, you can imagine that. I can imagine myself, my fingers hitting the keys of a piano. They asked this other group to simply imagine that they were doing piano exercises. And at the end of a week, they studied their brains and the area of the brain responsible for finger movements had changed in their brains the same way as those who actually played. Paul has a way of describing this. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, he says. God has created us in ways where our brains can adapt and change and God works in the midst of that to bring about changes in our lives. And what we've come to know is that when we are mindful of new things in our life, new neural pathways are being formed. If, for instance, we are mindful of all that we have to be grateful for, new neural pathways are being formed. Of course, it's also true that if we're mindful of those things that are fearful in life, new neural pathways are being formed. It's also true that we can be mindful of, of things like what we're grateful for and new neural pathways are being formed as we stop paying attention to those things that are fearful and old pathways begin to fade away. It's one of the ways that God brings healing to our lives, changes to our lives. Paul talks about this very thing quite a few times in his letters. It's amazing to think about it 2,000 years ago, but he was talking about these very things, about what we put our mind on brings changes to our lives. So let's pause for a couple minutes and listen to some of Paul's words from Scripture. Bill, will you read for us? in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful let the word of Christ dwell in your in you richly 
Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in the word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Bill. So neuroscientists are now able to describe what Paul was talking about 2,000 years ago, about how it is that somebody who is old and hard and crusty like me could still change. And that as we are mindful of the things of God, a transformation begins to take place in our lives. God created us this way, our minds this way. And God works through that to bring about change. In Colossians chapter 3, Paul tells us to set our minds on the things from above. Set our minds on the things above, on Christ Jesus. And he also tells us to not set our minds on the things below. He names some of those things, sexual immorality, greed, anger, and wrath. I'd add to his list, fear. Instead, he says, cast that off. Let that go. Set your mind on the things of God. And he tells us what some of those things are. Kindness, compassion, forgiveness, the forgiveness we have received, the forgiveness we can offer, and to be grateful, to be grateful. Of course, easier said than done, right? I mean, easier said than done. There's a reason we say you can't teach old dogs new tricks, because it's not easy to, to just stop thinking about something and to start thinking about something else. It's just not all that easy. It takes work. It's like lifting weights. We bought our son Cody a weight set this Christmas. And his brother Jeremiah goes out and lifts weights with him all the time. I mean, Jeremiah is afraid that if he doesn't lift weights with Cody, Cody will get stronger than him. So they're both out there lifting weights, you know. And they both started with what they could manage. And over time, they can manage more and more and more as they're putting on more muscles and as their bodies are changing. And our minds are kind of like that. We can work out our minds and they begin to change. This work that we do, we call spiritual disciplines. That's our exercises. That's the work that changes our brains. But the starting point for this kind of work is to recognize that we are not in it alone. Be still and know that I am God, Psalm 46 says. That's the starting point of any transformation in our lives, is to be still and to know that God is God and to be in the presence of this God, 
to recognize that whatever work we need to do, we do not do it alone. It's like God's spotting us as we're doing that weightlifting to make certain we succeed and we get stronger and we get stronger. God is there to help us. But our work is the work of spiritual disciplines. Reading the Bible, praying, listening to sermons, coming to church, listening and singing Christian music, on and on the list goes. Anything that helps you to become more attentive and aware of the presence of God in your life. These are the things that start creating new neural pathways that bring about transformation. So now let me just give you a couple of examples. This will kind of pull the whole thing together for us today. A couple of examples. So let's just say, for example, that you are dealing with fear. That fear is a real thing in your life. And you're dealing with fear. So one thing you might do, we might do, would be to look up Bible passages that talk about fear. It's easy to do. Just Google Bible passages talking about fear. A long list will come up. Read through some of them. Find a few of them that you like that seem to speak to you and write those down. Keep them. And then take one of them out per week. One per week. Two if you want it, but one per week. Set aside some time each day to read it and to think about it. And now I'm talking about setting aside about 10 or 15 minutes. And it seems like a lot of time, but some of the things that we could let loose of will give us way more time than 10 or 15 minutes in our schedules. So 10 or 15 minutes just to be present to listen to the Word. Now, in order to be present, we have to kind of prepare ourselves. And there's lots of ways that we can prepare ourselves to get rid of the distractions, to get rid of the busyness and all the things that can be going on in our mind. But one way to do so might be to, to simply begin by paying attention to breathing. Breathe in and you breathe out. Count. One, two, three, four, up to ten. Do it again. Become aware of yourself. Pay attention to where you are, how you're positioned, what you're sitting on. Just get a sense of where you are for this moment of time in this world. And then ask God to help you attend, to be present so that you can hear what God would say. Then read the scripture. Think about it for a few minutes. Now, if you're like me, about 15 seconds into thinking about it and something else is going to pop in your mind, right? My mind's like a popcorn popper. So about every 15 seconds, something pops off another direction. Okay? Well, when that happens, obviously that thing that popped in your mind, it must be important to you. So stop. Pray about that thing. Say, God, this just came to my mind. It must be important to me. I give it to you so that I can now listen to your word and come back to listening. And then 15 seconds later when another thing pops, say, God, I got to take my kids to the doctor later today and this is important to me, but I give them to you to watch over and protect. Until then, help me to listen to your word. You do that a few times and pretty soon you find yourself starting to settle in. You can settle in and you can start to attend, to focus on the words. And once you can tell that you're able to focus on the words, 
read the scripture again. So let's say the scripture is from Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 and 2. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine, says the Lord. Though you walk through the waters, I am with you. Through the river, you will not be swept away. So you think about those words. You think about, what does it mean that God says, I have no reason to be afraid? What does it mean that God says that in the midst of the waters of the circumstances of life, God is with me? What does it mean that in those times where it feels like I'm about to be swept away, God says, you won't be, you won't be. You think about that. You attend and think about, ask God to speak to you. Do this once a day. A second time a day, just get out the scripture and read it, just to remind yourself of it. So if you spend 15 minutes in the morning really kind of focusing on it, then in the evening, just read it over. It takes 30 seconds or vice versa, but, but twice a day. If you do this kind of exercise every day for a week, your brain is starting to create new neural pathways. Transformation is coming. Now, at the, mean, at the meantime, while you're kind of trying to become mindful of the presence of God and the things of God, if there are things in your life that feed fear, certain practices in your life that keep fear alive, then stop doing those things. Maybe it's watching scary movies. Or maybe it's listening to political talk shows, the fear mongers. Okay? But stop paying attention to those things because as we stop feeding the fear, the neural pathways begin to fade away and God begins this work of healing us. Now, I can give lots of examples of this. It doesn't have to be that we're attending to scripture. It could be that we're, that we're focusing on prayer as our spiritual discipline or maybe on a discipline of thanksgiving. And it could be any issue that we're dealing with in our lives. So let's say that we're dealing with anger. We're dealing with anger in our lives. So how about replacing anger with a discipline of thanksgiving? Take 10 minutes in the morning, kind of become mindful as you try to usher yourself into the very presence of God. And there in the presence of God, thank God for the things that come to your mind that are in your heart. Just thank God. At lunchtime, just take a minute, remembering those things you're thankful for, thank God for them again. At the end of the day, take another 10 minutes to kind of position yourselves, to put yourself in that presence of God, to attend to God, and then thank God for what the day has brought. Do this kind of exercise every day for a week. New neural pathways are beginning to form. Meanwhile, if there are practices in your life that kind of feed anger, then it's time to set those practices aside with the help of God, prayerfully with the help of God, and those neural pathways begin to fade. The work of God to bring healing to our lives. Make sense? Any particular kind of issue, any kind of spiritual discipline, but we can participate with God in bringing about changes. And as we do, we begin to experience life, 
we begin to see life, see the world in some new and wonderful transformed ways. So back to where we began. We ended last week by me asking you to do two simple things. One of them was to spend a few moments to think about one person who's really made an impact upon your life, to kind of feel that and, and then to thank God for it. And for those of you who did that each day, new neural pathways are beginning to form. And I asked you to take a few minutes each day and to think about what God has done for you, more specifically, what God has done for you, what those things mean to your life, and then thank God for that. And for those of you who've been doing that for this past week, new neural pathways are beginning to form. Now, they're not well-formed yet. If you stop, they will fade away. Right? But if you continue these things day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, new neural pathways and new ways of experiencing and seeing the world come from it. Comparing it to weightlifting again. If you lift weights for a week and then stop, it's not too long until that week didn't really make much of a difference in your life at all. But if it's a practice that you continue throughout your life, a great transformation takes place. The work of spiritual disciplines. A few years ago, I preached on Paul's passage from Romans chapter 12. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And in that sermon, I said, if you fill your minds with doubts, it's doubtful you'll ever succeed. And if you fill your mind with can't, you won't. It's that simple. But if you fill your mind with the things of God, if you fill your mind with the things of God, and with the blessing of people in our lives, a transformation begins to take place. We're casting off what is old, putting on what is new, and we find that there is nothing that has happened or is happening in our lives that God cannot help us with. This brings a great sense of fulfillment to us. Our hearts, they begin to overflow with a sense of awe, and of wonder. And it is to that that I'll turn my attention next Sunday. Amen? Amen. Amen. And thanks be to God. Amen.